Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for a rare Sunday segment of Judging Freedom. Patrick Lancaster joins us live from Ukraine. You'll understand in just a moment why we're on on Sunday and why uh, Patrick is here. Uh, Patrick reached out to our production team before the sun came up here in the U.S. uh, to inform us of a Russian attack uh, on an open air market uh, in Donetsk. He rushed to the scene, and you will soon see uh, videos and still shots of what Patrick observed and sent to us. Obviously, we have blurred out areas that we are not uh, permitted to air on YouTube, and we understand YouTube's regulations, and what we blurred out are the dead bodies. Uh, so watching this will be blurred, but, uh, but safe uh, for your eyes. Patrick, my dear friend, thank you for reaching out to us uh, our audience thanks you and welcome uh, to Judging Freedom. So what what happened? What did you do? And why did you call us uh, so early on a Sunday morning? All right. Well, um, to start off, uh, thanks again as normal, Judge, for having me. It's always a, a pleasure to be on here. And I'm glad you helped me show more people what's happening here. But uh, I've got to correct you on one thing. You you said a Russian attack. Now, this attack, um, unfortunately... Like the Ukraine was- attack. Forgive me. I misspoke in my excitement about having you on. A no, Ukraine no attack on, on Russian civilians in an open-air market. Yes. Yes. So um, basically, this is a continuation of the uh, attacks by Ukrainian forces on the civilian population of Donetsk. Now, this uh, attack happened in the morning and I received information that there was an attack. The first um, information coming to me was that there was around eight civilians, unfortunately, killed. So I raced to the scene and Unfortunately, arriving on the scene, I quickly realized that the initial reports of eight civilians killed was incorrect uh, because right away we, I just started counting. And um, unfortunately, throughout the day, we, I myself witnessed uh, 22 dead civilians all in the uh, very small area, 21 of those in a small area, and then one more a little bit farther away. And the official numbers are here that uh, there was 25 killed in this attack. Of course, uh, you know, sometimes I I, I don't see exactly every uh, place, but I myself can confirm 22 dead civilians that I saw with my own eyes. Um, 
I did my best to uh, document uh, this uh, uh, situation. Right. And I believe you have some of the footage, but also my full report uh, will be on my channel, Patrick Lancaster News Today on YouTube uh, shortly with full English uh, uh, translations from the Russian. And I spoke to some of these uh, uh, locals here that live there that Ukraine says is Ukrainians and they say they're Russians. Um, but uh, they said that Ukraine knew that this being a Sunday morning, that this market would be full of people and very busy. And these local civilians say that Ukraine targeted these civilians in this market to maximize the civilian casualties as much as possible. Now, these are not my opinions or my words. These are words of the uh, civilians I interviewed on the site that live in this uh, area. And they as well told me that they consider this Ukraine trying to do genocide on these people here. Mm. Um, now, this isn't the first opinions that I've got from these locals. This is the general idea uh, locals uh, have to say about this. Um, now, this attack is the most severe in almost two years on the civilian population of Donetsk. Two, just under two years ago, the Ukraine launched a cluster bomb on the center of Donetsk, which I was there and right. uh, reported that it killed several dozen people and injured dozens more. Now, again, the this attack is reported uh, to have 25 more. Now, this uh, one of the top attacks on the civilian population of Donetsk in the last 10 years right. of this war. Now, again, this war has been going on for uh, 10 years. It's not just the two years like the uh, Western media would like uh, the people to think. Um, so I'm just here as I have been uh, reporting on this situation for almost 10 years now, trying to show as many people around the world what's I see with my own eyes here. And I tell these people, don't just watch my reports, watch reports from both sides, but don't right. just watch one source. Cause no, no one source it could give you all of the information. All right. Before we get to the videos and still photos that you sent us, just let's take a step back from uh, what happened. What is Donetsk and where is Donetsk? And is this a part of what the Ukrainians say is Ukraine, what the Russians say is Russia, but what the Ukrainians have been bombing and shelling for years and years preceding the special military operation where the Russian troops moved west. Yes. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Uh, this 
Donetsk is the capital of what Ukraine considers the Donetsk region of uh, southeastern Ukraine. But the local population considers it the uh, uh, Donetsk People's Republic. Well, that's what they had uh, considered it for the last nine years. But then in uh, September of 2022, the local population voted to join Russia just like the th the other three regions, Lugansk, Kherson, uh, and Zaporozhia. Now, these are the four contested regions that Russian law says is part of Russia, Ukrainian law in the West says is part of Ukraine. But most importantly, the local population says they are Russian and part of uh, Russia. They had their first referendum to break away from Ukraine in 2014, and that is what preceded almost 10-year war now. Um, the, the people tried to give the right of self-determination by having a vote to break away from Ukraine. I was there, I showed the, the reports, and Ukraine punished them for this and has been bombing the civilian population. And this war has been going on for almost 10 years. Of course, Russia did not come in until February of 2022. But before that, for eight years, the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics form their own military, form their own governments from what was left from the Ukraine that they consider is a dead Ukraine, not their Ukraine, because if they're Maidan in 2014, they considered their president that they voted in, uh, Yanukovych, to be pulled out of office without them, without their say. So they right. viewed their Ukraine as gone. And that's why they voted to break away from Ukraine in 2014 and years later, voted to join Russia. And that's where we are. This is the capital Donetsk of the Donetsk People's Republic region of what Russian uh, Russian law considers part of Russia. And what, what uh, Ukraine considers part of Ukraine. I know you're a journalist and, and not a military analyst, and we'll talk to uh, Colonel McGregor and Scott Ritter and Matt Ho about this during the week, uh, and, and Colonel Kwiatkowski as well, all of our military folks. Larry Johnson and Ray McGovern also. What conceivable military benefit is there to attacking an open-air food market on a Sunday morning in the downtown area of a city? The local population, I asked them this, they said that uh, they do it to bring the morale down of the people. Now, one could think that maybe they could be um, trying to get a reaction um, or leave. But this is a terrorist type of attack. I mean, there's no question that. Uh, massacring uh, 25 people at a market. I mean, on Sunday morning, when people are out trying to uh, feed their family, he would sell honey and cottage cheese. His table stood almost untouched, but he laid on the ground, bled out. And as well as the person right next to him who was selling oranges. And many dozens of people around them just killed for no good reason. 
Yes. What military reason could there be to attack and kill these people? The locals said there was no military target possible around there. But and this isn't the first time th this market has been hit. I mean, this is a market that's hit several times. This is something that Ukraine does. Every single hotel in Donetsk has been hit once or twice. Every single market in Donetsk has been hit and people have been killed at every single market. You could go from the train station market to the central market to the, the Testilchik market, as they call this one. Every single outdoor market in Donetsk have had people die at the hands of Ukraine. Every hotel, almost all businesses in the center have been hit by Ukrainian attacks. And most of these are done, especially in the last two years, are done with the weapons that the West and NATO countries have given to Ukraine. All right. We're going to uh, start with the uh, videos and stills that you sent us. Now, for folks watching us, uh, Chris has blurred out the bodies since, of course, we are not permitted uh, to show videos or stills of dead bodies uh, on YouTube. We respect YouTube's uh, regulations. Uh, so you will see, uh, Patrick, you'll see the bodies. You'll see all of this blurred. And because you can't watch this blurred stuff very long, Patrick and I will start uh, talking over it, and then we'll stop uh, the videos, but just to give you a feel. So tell us what you... Let's start with the... Three, four, five... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm well, Patrick Lancaster, and right now we're in the Textilchik uh, region of Donetsk. And right behind me, you see the beginning of the market here. A civilian neighborhood, civilian area. And not long ago this morning, Ukraine forces opened fire on the civilian market. And as you can see behind me, the carnage is horrible. Here's a man who is just selling honey. Uh, uh, here at this uh, table, he's dead. If we continue forward, see another uh, uh, couple of the people here, possibly buying their uh, their food. I mean, it's a Sunday morning where everybody's out at the market buying food for their family. Selling on Donetsk, in, to my knowledge, the biggest since March of last year, or uh, uh, almost two years ago now, uh, when Ukraine launched a cluster bomb on the center of Donetsk, killing dozens and injuring dozens more. We were on the scene for that as well, bringing you all. All right, so um, you actually walked through this market, Patrick and counted the dead bodies. Were authorities there? Were medical facilities there? Were people there trying to save the wounded and injured? Or did you get there first? Um, actually, I arrived uh, a little bit after the injured parties were already evacuated. And unfortunately, after all that had passed, passed. Um, now there were um, police, uh, military inspectors, and um, eventually the, um, the, the people that were there to uh, remove the dead bodies uh, also came. I think we're uh, we're losing you, uh, Patrick. 
All right, I'm just going to talk. You might have to uh, you might have to reconnect with us, Patrick, because the image of your uh, face is frozen and we can't hear anything. But but as I understand it, uh, you arrived at the scene shortly after this uh, massacre took place. Uh, you took your your cameraman took photos of you uh, uh, surveying the damage and you began to count the dead bodies and you counted up to about 25. Looks like Patrick's back with us. Can you hear us, Patrick? And can we hear you? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like we lost signal there for okay, a second. Okay. Um, All right. All right. so yeah, to answer your question, yes, I walked, uh, walked through. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I walked through and counted the bodies. As I said, I was only expecting to see eight, but unfortunately there was many more. And I myself uh, personally uh, saw 22 and it was just a horrible situation. Uh, horrible, very sad day in Donetsk. How long have you uh, been a freelance journalist in uh, Ukraine, in Russia, reporting as you have today how long have you been doing this well i've been uh reporting on this situation and i started my journalism uh, career in uh, uh, 2014 and at that time i was a freelance i'd sell uh, my material to different uh um outlets and as well as do my YouTube channel. But then the time came where I realized that um, many uh, outlets were taking my material and then twisting them and lying about it. Um, so after that, I decided I wasn't going to be a freelance uh, journalist anymore. I was going to be just independent. And that's why right. I, now I only do my work with the support of my viewers. I might cooperate with other channels such as yourself, but all of my funding for my work come directly from donations from my viewers only. Um, so are that's why I feel like I'm able to have the freedom to report exactly what I see with my own eyes, not have to worry about any editor or anything like that trying to tell me what to do. That's why I'm able to bring the people what I see. You are doing absolutely amazing work. Uh, and courageous work. I want our uh, viewers to know that the the full unblurred uh, images that you sent us have been posted on my website, judgenap.com, which of course uh, I own and no one will interfere with. So if you want to see uh, the full extent of Patrick's reporting, you can you can see it there, judgenap.com. Patrick, the reason I ask you how long you've been doing this is a, a predicate to the following question. Does this stuff affect you? Well, here it is a Sunday morning in, in a civilian area and you're counting dead bodies. Or has there been so much death that it doesn't affect you anymore? Uh, it, hard question to answer. Um, I mean, over the years, and especially the last two years, I've seen uh, so much uh, death. Uh, it, it's hard to uh, remember all of it. Uh, every time there's an escalation, I tried to say, oh, okay, I'm going to try to remember all of the civilians, but it's, it's not possible. And 
yeah, I mean, there's times when it affects me uh, heavily, and but sometimes I just feel like I'm numb into it, unfortunately, or maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't really know. Uh, but I just concentrate on going to my goal to in what I need to do to show the world what they're not going to see in other places um, and try to do my best at what I'm doing and just concentrate on that. And of course, you know, I feel very bad for the families and, you know, we, I, I pray for these people every time I see this and for their families, of course. Has the, have attacks like this, Ukrainian government military directed attacks on civilians that Ukraine says are civ Ukrainian civilians have attacks like this uh, affect negatively affected the morale of the Russian speaking Russian cultural people there or has it stiffened their spines? Both, I'd say. Uh, at the same time, I mean, you know, there, of course, you know, when, when you see your neighbors, your children, your family members uh, killed, of course, it, it, it does something to you. Um, uh, and, you know, when you don't know if you can, if you're going to be able to go outside and make it back by the end of the day. Yeah, it, it, does, it, it, it affects your morale and your psyche. But also it's... I mean, these these people are very patriotic and for Russia and wanting to be part of uh, uh, stay part of Russia. I mean, there's no way that these uh, regions could go back to control of Ukraine. I mean, there's no way these people could love a country that has destroyed their lives and so many lives of their neighbors and families. I mean, how could that be? Um, so, I mean, there's no question there. Uh, Chris, can you put up that uh, table? It was about three photographs ago uh, prior to that. Yeah, what what are we looking at now, Patrick? Is that like pastries and honey for sale still on the table after the attack? Yes, Um Actually, that's uh, the table where a man was sitting uh, selling uh, honey uh, and cottage cheese and apparently some nuts or something like that. But like in the background where the blurred spot is, that's actually what I could imagine. Maybe just a, a, a customer walking by at the wrong time that was killed. But actually the man that was selling the honey, it's not really so clear in the photo. Um, but that white little sheet thing is over his body. So that's that's his body in the middle there with his boots sticking out of uh, the, the top there. So he was the man sitting at that table selling honey, and then he was dead. Wow. What do you think uh, the Russian government uh, will do in response to this? I mean, President Putin has almost personally taken up the responsibility of protecting the Russians in the eastern part of what Russia considers to be uh, Russian. One thing we know they won't do, they're not going to attack uh, Ukrainian civilians. They don't do that. But I would imagine uh, they will do something to attack the military that attacked the civilians, if you follow me. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if we look at the, just the last month, there was the attack in Belgorod uh, where Ukraine fired many rockets on the uh, the the center, very close to the Christmas tree, killing several and injuring several. Um, I mean, and that's you know not a d- disputed zone. That's part of the Belgorod uh, region of Russia. Right. Never been you know disputed. This is not one of the four regions that's disputed. Um, or we could look at the uh, the New Year's Eve attack where Ukraine attacked the the center just because it was New Year's Eve attacked the center of Donetsk and as well as the Russian Christmas on January seventh where they attacked the center of Donetsk. Um, so yes, there was a response by a, a Russia. I guess you could call it that, where it was said that the attacks uh, on the military infrastructure increased. Um, but you know, of course, everyone thought this was going to be over a lot sooner than it is. It has been. Um, right, so, right. I mean, only time will tell. It's a war of attrition at this point. Uh, and Ukraine is losing the support of the West, losing the funding. Um, so how much longer will it go? I'm, I'm done trying to give a, an estimate because it's just hard to say. Got it. So hard. Got it. Well, it's nighttime where you are. I, I hope you can sleep. Patrick, after uh, what you saw today, your your professionalism, dedication, and courage are truly remarkable and utterly appreciated by all of our viewers, by my production team, uh, and by me. Thank you very much for reaching out to us. Thank you for your courage and uh, diligence. And as you know, whenever you need to air something like this, Judging Freedom is ready for you. All the best, Patrick. All right. Thank you very much, Judge. I appreciate it. Thank you of for course. Wow, not the way I expected to spend my uh, Sunday morning, but uh, but very illuminating as to what's happening in the world. Tomorrow, Monday is a usual Monday uh, for us. Uh, Alistair Crook, Larry Johnson, uh, Ray McGovern, Kyle Anzalone, our young new antiwar.com uh, analyst. And at the end of the day, I think at four in the afternoon Eastern time, the great Professor John Mearsheimer. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.